So today we're going to continue our series, Teach Us to Pray. Remember the disciples asked Jesus the question in Luke chapter 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so uh, they noticed John was teaching his disciples to pray. They noticed Jesus was a man of prayer. And I think it became obvious to them that the power they recognized in Jesus's life was directly connected to Jesus's prayer life. And the, the disciples wanted to know, how do you do that? And so, uh, you know, I really believe that prayer is, the, you know, years ago, uh, Brother Francis used to give us this, this survey and, uh, at the beginning of the year. And, and one of the questions was, uh, what's one thing that you could do that would make the greatest impact on your life in this year? Well, I believe whenever I think about that, what is the one thing that you and I could do that would make the greatest impact on our life in 2018? I think it would be increasing our prayer life, right? And, and I believe that uh, prayer changes things. I believe there's power in prayer. I think it's the greatest invitation that the Lord has ever given us is that we can have an audience with Him. We can talk to Him and communicate with Him. Amen? It's, it's a wonderful privilege. And, and you know, I, I believe everybody believes that there is, uh, that, that prayer is important. But yet, most Christians struggle with prayer. In fact, I remember seeing this survey years ago and it said that, you know, the average Christian prays three to seven minutes a day, including prayers over their meals. Well, I believe that, uh, you know, it's hard to, to, to flow in the power of God if we're praying three minutes a day, right? And so, you know, uh, the average uh, Christian or the average American, uh, 48% of them say they can't find time in the day to pray. Well, man, what would happen if we would just ramp up our prayer life? What would happen if we would amp up our prayer life? I believe that some incredible things would happen. Amen? And so, you know, I, I believe that most people struggle in their prayer life. And I remember whenever I heard that, you know, part of the stat was the average time that a pastor prays. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, the last thing I read was 30 minutes, but it seemed to me it was like 15 minutes. And so I did a little survey about myself. And I said, well, I want to just take a survey of myself and just log in and see how much time I pray. And I was surprised at my prayerlessness. And so I want to encourage you, just examine your own life. Don't, don't live under condemnation. Don't be, beat yourself up about it. But just take a survey and just say, man, how much time does, do I spend in prayer in a given week? Listen, you know, I really believe some of us, we would come out of the pit if we would just start praying. I believe some of us, we would see breakthroughs in areas that we've been asking God for breakthroughs in if we would just start spending time in prayer. Are y'all with me out there? So then the question is, how do we learn to pray? That was the question the disciples asked. And so Jesus responded to that question in Matthew 6, 9, and he said, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, remember, Jesus didn't say, this is what you should pray. He said, this is how you should pray. In other words, this is an example. The Lord's Prayer is not meant to be this um, mindless incantation or ritual that we pray. It's not supposed to be this prayer that we just, you know, without our mind even thinking about what we're saying, just repeat it over and over again, right? It's not supposed to be this repetitious prayer. It's supposed to be 
a pattern or a model of prayer. Now, in the prayer model that Jesus gave us, prayer or prayer reminders. And you know, uh, as, as I've uh, struggled in prayer, whenever I sit down to pray, it's like my brain freezes. I forget what to pray. I pray for one minute. I, lo- I run out of soap. I don't know what to pray for. Come on. Y'all ever, ha- ever happened to you? And so, you know, I remember years ago, Dr. Cho said, Lord, you know, I want to pray longer. I just don't know what to pray. And the Lord said, go back to the Lord's prayer. And the Lord's prayer began to ignite his prayer life. And so I would love it if everybody in this room's prayer life would get ignited and just get stronger. Amen. Because I believe we would all be stronger, healthier Christians in Jesus' name. Amen. And so whenever you read the Lord's Prayer, it's reminders. Now, last week, we talked about four of those reminders. We talked about we need to remember God's love for us. In Matthew 6, 9, he says, this is then how you should pray, our Father in heaven. Remember, Father means Daddy, means Papa. We're praying to a a Father, a God that loves us, and he's excited about spending time with us. Amen? The second reminder was remember to worship. He said, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Remember, hallowed means to treat holy, to set apart. It means to reverence and honor the Lord. And so when we come to prayer, you know, we come come to prayer and we just worship his worth, his worthiness. How many of you know he's worthy to be praised? Amen. He's worthy to be worshiped. So we say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Lord, you are majestic. You are mighty and you're wonderful. And then the third reminder was remember to submit to his will and purpose. He said, pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so it's a time where we surrender to the will of God because all of us have this challenge of wanting to do our own thing and go our own way. We have this problem with being stubborn and obstinate and and in French vernacular, we have tête deux. And so the Lord wants us to just be yielding and surrender to his will, amen. And then the fourth reminder was to depend on him. Jesus said, "Give, pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. Now, daily bread means what we need for the day. And he says, pray and ask the Lord. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. How many of you know the Lord wants to provide our need, but he wants us to depend on him, not the government, not our job, not each other, not the church, not anybody, but him. He's our provider. Amen. Now, let's look at the rest of the reminders in this model prayer. We ended there last week, but the fifth reminder is remember to own up to our sins or to your sins. In Matthew 6, 9, and, and then, or verse 12, he says, this is then how you should pray. Forgive us our debts, you know, which means transgressions or sins. And so Jesus says, when you pray, we should pray, forgive us our sins. Now, it's important to personalize it. Instead of saying, forgive us for our sins, we need to personalize it and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Uh, you know, not forgive Tanya for her sins, forgive Todd for his sins. Amen? And so personal confession should be part of our daily prayer time. But I think a lot of times we as Christians, we say, well, I saved. I asked the Lord to forgive all my sins. That's all cool. Well, why did Jesus teach us to pray this if it's all cool? Come on, help me out here. So why should we ask the Lord to forgive us for our sins on a, on a regular basis? Well, we're all guilty of continually sinning against God. Isn't that true? First John 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 10 says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And so why do we 
why do we all sin? Why do, as Christians, we, we keep sinning? Well, because we have this thing called our flesh and self-centeredness, right? And then we have the lure of temptation. And then we have the evil and wickedness in our society that we got to contend with on a daily basis. And then we have uh, the, the way people treat us. And sometimes it's not so easy to get past the way that people treat us. Is that right? And a lot of times what happens is we end up sinning. Romans 8, uh, 3.23 says everyone has sinned and we fall short of God's glorious standard. You know, we think we're okay, but you know, it's kind of like that boy that thought he had a very white sheep. And then it started snowing, and once the ground was covered with snow, he found out his sheep was all steam. And you know, whenever we compare ourselves to ourselves, we might seem like we're okay. But when we compare ourselves to the holiness of God, we're stained. Come on, can I get a better amen? So we should all take time to own up to our sins in prayer. So why did Jesus feel it necessary to teach us to cover that on a regular basis when we pray. I think he was wanting to keep us in a healthy place. Sin always negatively affects the quality of your life. It always does. James 1.14 says, listen, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to, or rather to death, not to sin. It gives birth to death. And so what, what James is saying is that when sin in our life grows, when sin in our life is not dealt with, it is allowed to grow and remain in our life, it gives birth to death. It always negatively affects the, your health and the quality of your life. That's why you can see some people, whenever they get drawn into the wickedness and evil of the world, and they go into dark places and they start running with people that are living in wickedness and evil, you start seeing the, the, the effect on their physical life. I mean, you can see it in their face and you see the outcome of sin. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Sin causes us to live with the weight and the guilt of doing wrong. It causes us to live with regret and with shame and embarrassment of what we've done that is wrong. The negative effect of sin is like weights that we carry around. It's like weights on us emotionally. It's like weights on us mentally and relationally. Whenever we sin, it's just like we just grab a, some weight and we carry it. And we don't even realize that, that we're, our life is getting held back because of the, the weight of sin that's on us. In fact, Psalm 32 in, in 3 says, there was a time, this is the psalmist, he said, there was a time when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was, but my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration. All day, all night, your hand was heavy upon me and strength evaporated like water in a sunny day. So the psalmist recognized sin was robbing him of a quality of life. And he said, he said, it's making me miserable. I'm living in frustration. He says, listen, he's, the spiritual weight is zapping my strength, my emotional strength, my mental strength. And do we realize that even though we're Christians and we're saved and we're going to heaven, if we entertain and we hold Hold on to sin in our life. It's going to mess up the quality of our life. Amen. And he said, the reason why is because I was unwilling 
to admit my sins to God. Now in Psalm 32, that, that Psalm might be describing the kind of life that you're living. And you come to church and you say, why is it God moving? Why, why don't I feel the presence of God? Well, maybe you just need to take some ownership and you need to own up to the wrongs in your life and, and, and confess it to God. Amen. You may be feeling miserable yourself. So what, what do you do whenever you feel that way? Well, we own up to our sins when we confess them to God. That's what we do. And that's what Jesus was teaching us. Listen, that's this part of the Lord's Prayer is about. It's remembering to own up to your sins by confessing them to God. And listen, there are sins in my life that I'm not even aware of, that I don't even know. In fact, you probably see sin in my life that I don't see myself, and vice versa. Come on, y'all with me out there? Come on, don't get too quiet. Oh, we're, about to, we're about to come off the runway right here. Amen. But listen, before we go any further, one of the greatest promises in the Bible is this. First John 1. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know what confess means? It means to acknowledge. It means to agree with God that, our, that my behavior is wrong. It's owning up to my faults and my wrongs in my life. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that it's possible that maybe you made or committed some wrongs against God this week? You see, you don't want to even answer that. Now listen, whenever God says if we confess, how many of you know he already knows? He's not looking for information, right? But he wants us to own up to it. Take responsibility. Because in reality, we are the only ones that can turn it around. Tanya can't repent for my sins. I got to repent for my own. Amen? And so he simply wants us to own up and acknowledge the sins in our life. You know, years ago, you've heard me tell this story, but uh, we were at the old auditorium and there was a, a man coming to church and he had a, a brother that di got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he was just really burdened for his brother. He said, he needs the Lord. And, and he, he brought him, he drug him to church one Sunday. And I was the first one he ran into. And he said, hey, would you pray for my brother? He needs prayer. And so I said, sure. So we ducked in one of those rooms, you know, that some of you were in for a life group on Wednesday. But we, we ducked in one of those rooms. And so I just, you know, found out where he was. I started ministering to him and found out, you know, he wasn't saved. So I started telling him about Jesus hanging on the cross, shedding his blood so our sins could be forgiven, so we could be saved. And he said, man, I want that. I, I want that. I, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I want that. And I mean, he was terminal. And, and we prayed for him and, and the power of God hit him and he fell on the floor. Like, it's like he don't even know about slain in the spirit, but he got slain in the spirit. Amen. And so uh, we picked him up and said, you all right? And he kept looking around. And, and it was like, what's the matter? I dropped something. We said, no, there's nothing here. And he kept, he insisted he dropped something. And then he finally stopped when he recognized nothing was on the ground. And he said, oh my goodness. This huge weight has been taken off of my life. I feel free. Come on. How many of you know when Jesus washes your sins, you feel free. You feel liberated. Amen. 
Psalm 32 in the New Living or the True Living, it says, what happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven. What joys when sins are covered over. What relief for those who have confessed their sins and God has cleared their record. There was a time when I wouldn't admit I was a sinner, but my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration. And all day and all night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Amen. Come on, how many of you know that's a documented historical story of a man whose life that was transformed through the forgiveness of God? Amen? Now, I just wonder if there's maybe some sins that I haven't really owned up to, that if I did, I might go to a new level in my relationship with God. A sixth reminder Jesus gives us in the model of prayer is remember to forgive those who hurt you. This is what he says in verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, if you're serious about getting released from the negative effects of sin in your life, then you have to be serious. You have to take this part seriously as well. And he said, Jesus said to pray this way. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Jesus says we should pray this way and remember to forgive those who have hurt us. Why would Jesus recommend that we pray that on a regular basis? How many of you could fill in that blank? Because we need to. Forgiving others can be the hardest part of the Lord's Prayer. It can be the hardest part of life. It's easy to ask God for His forgiveness for my sins. It's harder to forgive those who have sinned against me. And so how do you forgive those who have hurt you over and over again? How do you forgive those who have abused you time and time again? How do you forgive those who are not even sorry for what they did? And they're almost, they're almost, uh, you know, joyful. They're almost, they take pleasure in what they did. How do you forgive those who have never even admitted that what they did to you is wrong? Well, one of the hardest things is to extend grace and mercy towards those that are undeserving of grace and mercy. And to help motivate us to forgive, Jesus reminds us the one condition to being forgiven for your sins is to forgive those who have sinned against you. And this is what he says in Matthew 6, 14. If for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so the one condition of being forgiven for your sins is, you know, obviously to confess, but it's to forgive those who sin against you. So you know what Jesus is saying, listen, if you don't want the weight of sin, if you don't want your life, the quality of your life to deteriorate and live your life miserable and frustrated and, and weary and, and, and uh, depressed and discouraged, forgive those who sinned against you. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgive each other just as Christ also forgave you. So the key to learning how to forgive people 
is to remember how much you've been forgiven. I mean, whenever I think about that, the Lord is so merciful. I, I mean, only one person thought that the Lord was merciful. Remember when you asked Christ into your life and you asked him to forgive you? How many of you know he forgave every sin that you ever committed? Every sin. He gave you a fresh start. Amen? How many of you think, that's great? That's great. I mean, what if the Lord would just start putting your name up there and then just start listing your sins? And put my name up there and start listing. How many of you, we would be underneath the pew right now. We'd be like, oh my, oh please Lord, please. Don't do that to me. But he's, he doesn't do that. He's merciful. He forgives, right? Every time I struggle with holding res resentment and not forgiving, I need to remind myself how many times the Lord has forgiven me. How many times has he forgiven? Remember that story in Matthew 18? When Jesus, he tells this story, when the disciples, Lord, how often should we forgive? I mean, give me a break. I mean, some people. And he said, well, let me tell you a story. So there was a servant who owed his master a debt of millions of dollars. And uh, the master demanded that he pay him. And he said, well, I don't have the money. I can't pay you. Would you forgive me? And he said, no, I'm going to sell you and I'm going to sell your children and I'm going to get my money and I'm gonna, we're going to settle this. And he, 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 he fell down at his feet and he cried out for mercy. And he said, would you, just, would you just have mercy on me? And you know, the master said, I'm going to forgive you. And he forgave him of his debt. But then right after that, he, he goes some distance and he sees a fellow servant that owed him like thousands of dollars, not millions. And he said, hey man, you need to pay me up right now. And the guy says, listen, just give me time. I can't pay you. Hey, just, just give me time. And he says, no, I'm not giving you time. And he threw him in prison. And there was a third servant that was watching what happened. And he went to the master and he said, hey master, remember that guy that you forgave that millions of dollars of debt? Do you know that he just threw one of his fellow servants in prison because he owed him thousands of dollars instead of millions? And the master said, bring him here to me. And he threw him in prison. And he said, you're going to be in prison tormented until you pay your debt. Now he's, he's using this story to illustrate something. Now, how can this man pay his debt when he's in prison, the reality is he can't. The only way he can get out of the prison that he's in is to learn mercy and forgiveness. And so the Lord is using this story to try to teach you and I. The Lord has forgiven us millions of sins. Now, who are we to turn around and hold something against our brother that has thousands of sins, maybe? And maybe even one. And we say, you know what he did to me, but hold on. You got to remember what you did to the Lord. And that'll empower you to forgive. That's the, that's the moral of the story. In Matthew 18.35, Jesus says, shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I've had mercy on you? 
You know what forgiveness is? It's extending mercy towards others that hurt you. Not because they deserve it. They don't deserve it. Just like we didn't deserve His forgiveness. Amen? Forgiving others is the key to living a free and a peaceful life. Having peace of mind. In Matthew 18.34, Jesus said, the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his debt. Whenever we don't forgive, we don't go to physical prison, but we're mentally in prison. And we can't get it out of our mind. We regurgitate it. We think about it over. It robs us of peace of mind. It robs us of the peace of God. We're tormented in our spirit, in our mind, in our heart. But listen, here's the point. The only way out of that mental torment is that we forgive. Amen. That's what your heavenly Father will do for you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart, Jesus said. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. If you want mercy in your life, you got to learn to extend mercy towards others. Are y'all with me? If you got it, say, I got it. The seventh reminder Jesus gives us in the model of prayer is remember to ask God to protect you from temptation. This then is how you should pray. Lead us not into temptation. What is temptation? It's the enticement to do wrong, right? Or to, or to sin against God, to rebel against him, to break his law. There are two sources of temptation. Some temptation comes not from without. It comes from within. James 1.14 says, Temptation comes from your own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So what is he saying? He's saying sometimes temptation comes from our uncontrolled appetites. Temptation comes from our, our uncontrolled desires, our evil desires that are just taking over our life, and that's why we are tempted to sin. But then... So then we need to pray and ask God when we pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. What we need to pray, Lord, protect me from myself. Protect me. Help me to not give in or yield to the power of my fleshly desires. Help me, Lord. Don't let me give in to the enticements of my own flesh that want to do things that are not right in your eyes. Does that make sense? And then, But some temptation comes from without. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 3, 5 says, I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. Satan is the evil tempter. And he always entices us to rebel against God and do evil, wicked things. And so we need to pray and ask the Lord just as we prayed, Lord, protect me from myself. We need to pray, Lord, protect me from Satan's traps. He's always setting traps for us. So we got to get wise at recognizing his traps. But none of us are wise enough because he's so cunning. He's so deceiving. None of us are so wise that we, oh, that's a trap. Sometimes we don't recognize a trap until it's got us. That's why we need to pray, Lord, protect me from temptation. Help me not to yield or to give in to Satan's enticement to give into his bait that he sets to trap me. Lord, protect me from myself and protect me from the wicked one. Amen. 
So regardless of where the source of temptation comes from, within or without, how many of you know that God has promised us to always give us a way of, a way of escape? Amen? And so 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be, listen, more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's good news right there, right? So how do we escape the power of temptation? Because we'll face it every day. Because as long as we live in this shell, we're going to deal with our fleshly desires that are not godly. Amen? We got this evil nature that we got to wrestle with until the day that we get over to the other side. And then we have Satan. We have the evil one that is always trying to take us out. So we pray and ask God to give us strength to overcome the temptation that comes our way. And we pray and exercise our spiritual authority to resist Satan's temptations as he tries to lure us into his traps. Which leads me to the next reminder Jesus gives us in the model prayer. This is all in one prayer. There's so much there that if we will just get used to praying it and we understand what it all means, it can revolutionize our life. But the eighth reminder is remember to ask God to deliver you from the evil one. It, this is what he says. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What is he trying to get across here? I think Jesus reminds us not to forget to include warfare in your prayer. Include warfare. Now, some people think it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you, you fighting somebody you can't see. Well, I think if we quit fighting with people that we do see and start fighting the one that we don't see, we would be a whole lot better off, right? Amen? Every day we face spiritual opposition from the evil one. And this is what Paul said in verse 12, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the forces of evil in heavenly realm. Listen, I can't see it right now, but in this room, there are angels. I really believe that. But you know what? I also believe that there are demons that are flying around here too. There are ruling spirits in the heavenly realm. Now, I'm just scared. Somebody said, really? Yeah, but just stick with me for a little bit right now, okay? What we need to remember is every day of our lives, we will face spiritual resistance from the adversary. If you don't want him to resist him, resist you, go with his flow. But as soon as you decide to live a Christian life, you will face resistance. Satan is relentless in trying to steal, kill, and destroy Christians' lives. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against them and be strong in your faith. I know people will probably think I'm crazy, but they can think I'm crazy all they want. Because for 32 years, I've been in the kingdom of God, enjoying the peace of God and the presence of God, and I do warfare on a regular basis because I don't want to fall in his trap, and I don't want the evil one to have his way in my life. Amen? And it's worked pretty good. So listen, we need to pray daily that the Lord deliver us 
from the spiritual attacks and the resistance of the evil one. Remember, God has given us spiritual authority to resist Satan's power and influence. Remember what he told us in Luke 10. Remember the, the, the 70 went out and they came back and they said, man, even demons are subject to you. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will injure you. Jesus made it obvious. God has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. Amen? So if there are demons flying in this room, I have authority to make them leave this room in Jesus' name. Amen? And you do too, right? Because he didn't give me authority, he gave you authority. He gave all of us authority over all, not some, all the power of the enemy. But his authority does us no good unless we exercise it and release his spiritual authority and power through prayer. It's like the Lord saying, I've given you ample weaponry to do spiritual warfare, but we're leaving our weapons in, those hol in our holsters. So we need to pray. We should take time to pray against the forces of evil and ask the Lord to deliver us from temptation. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And so that's why, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm under spiritual attack or, or see, you know, somebody show up in my door with a, a, an outfit with horns and a pitchfork and all that to do warfare. No, I know I'm in warfare and you are in warfare. And that's why I do warfare over you as a congregation in this church, because I know that the enemy has released some demon forces to try to interrupt and stop you and I from doing the will and the word of God. So I want to oppose that in Jesus name. And I think you should too, right? And so finally, the ninth and final reminder Jesus gives us in prayer is remember to praise him for his victory. And you know, no, you know, I, I was learned, I, I was learned, let me use better grammar. I was taught the Lord's prayer, but it didn't include this part. But you know, in, in Matthew 6 and 13, in the New American Standard, it says, Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does that mean? I think it means we're praying, the God we're praying to is victorious. I think it means that he's ruling and reigning. It's his kingdom, it's his power, and it's his glory. Amen? If you read the end of the book, we win. He wins. We are on his team. So regardless of everything we just prayed about in prayer, put it in perspective. Come on, one day, he's, he's porting the skies. The trumpet's going to sound. He's going to be coming with his white horse and on his thighs written, faithful and true. Come on. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We're not praying to this weak, this defeated God. We're not praying to one of many gods. We're praying to the God of gods, the king of kings and the Lord of all lords. Amen. So we can in our time 
praising God and declaring his victory. He starts off and says, come on, pray our father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Start in worship. End in worship. Declare. Come on. Bookends. Worship and worship. Come on. How many of you know all prayer is worship is declaring the goodness and the greatness of our God. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Let's stand together. Can we just take a moment like we did last week and just pray a little bit? How many of you are believers in here? Let me see your hands. You're a Christian. All right. There's a lot of people who have been given a lot of power and authority in here. So I think as an army, we could do a lot of damage, right? But I believe that God could just make some transformations in our lives just right here, right now. Can we just, just take a moment? And let's begin with what we talked about today and just remember to own up to our sins. You know, I have no idea. I mean, I know, I'm no, I know that I'm not this saint. That even sometimes some of the stuff I do, my motive is not right. I need forgiveness. What about you? Let me just give you a hint. If you don't think you need to ask the Lord to forgive you for sin, your problem is pride. Right? Come on, can we agree right now that we need His forgiveness? Come on, can we just ask Him, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me. Come on, some of us, maybe we need to say, Lord, forgive me for talking bad about people. Some of us need to ask God to forgive us for gossiping. Forgive us for being selfish and self-centered. Some of us need to ask forgiveness for stealing. Some of us need to ask forgiveness for lying, for committing adultery. If you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Some of us need to ask the Lord to forgive us for murder. If we just even get angry with somebody, we're guilty of murder, Jesus said. Come on, let's ask the Lord. Come on, Jesus hung on the cross to forgive us from all our past sins, but to also forgive us from all our present sins. Can we just ask him right now, Lord, would you cleanse me? Lord, I repent of every sin, every sin known and unknown. I I repent. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to wash me, Lord. Would you, Lord, I want to have clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you give us all, Lord, just a, a spiritual spring cleaning in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your precious blood. Lord, you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, that you're cleansing us today in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's take a moment. Maybe we need to forgive somebody that hurt us. Somebody that offended us. Somebody that sinned against us. Maybe it's somebody 
Come on, maybe it's somebody that sinned against us many times and maybe we've been having trouble, but come on, let's let, let's let the Lord motivate us right now. Lord, forgive us, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. Lord, I don't want you to hold my sins against me. So Lord, I'm releasing those sins against me right now. Lord, I want to be free. Come on, let's ask the Lord. Come on, right now, the Lord might be showing you somebody. Come on, just make a decision right now. Come on, let them go. Release them. Come on, just say, Lord, I forgive them. Not because they deserve it, because it's what you want me to do. Lord, I extend mercy. I extend grace to them. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the grace to release them, Lord. I don't want to be tormented anymore. I don't want to replay it anymore. Lord, I don't want to keep rehashing it anymore. Lord, I don't want to be bitter. Lord, I don't want to lose, Lord, my joy. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be frustrated. Lord, I pray, deliver me today in the name of Jesus. Now, come on. Let's ask God to deliver us from the evil one. Come on, let's ask God to deliver us from temptation. Lord, we pray, Lord, deliver me from myself. Lord, give me victory over my flesh, over our fleshly desires. Lord, let me not be greedy. Lord, let me not have the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. Lord, I pray, break the pride of life off of us today. Today, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray, deliver us from the temptation of the evil one. Lord, let not the enemy have his way. Come on, let's let's move right over and ask the Lord to deliver us from the evil one. Lord, you've given us power and you've given us authority to break the power of darkness. And Lord, right now, I break every spiritual, Lord, evil attack over my life and my family today. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, declare that over your life. Come on, come on, use your authority. Say this with me. In Jesus' name. Come on, say it again with authority. In Jesus' name, I break the power of darkness off of my life, off of my family. I declare I'm free in Jesus' name. I declare I'm delivered in Jesus' name. I declare I am free. I am free in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, come on. How about we just declare, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come on. How about we declare, for thine is the kingdom. Come on. Let's give him praise. Come on. Let's give him praise. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come on. Let's give him a good high praise. You can do better than that. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. Yes, praise you, Father. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Would you do me a favor? Just bow your heads for one more moment. Jesus started this whole prayer by saying, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, Before you can declare that His kingdom and His power and His glory is yours, you got to know the Father. Not know about the Father, you got to know Him personally. You got to be a Christian, you got to cross the line. You got to surrender your will and your life to Him. Maybe you're here today and, 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 and some of 
some of this that you're hearing about is new and it's like you you don't want to be outside of the, the kingdom and the family of God. You want to be on the inside, but you're not sure. Or maybe you once felt like you were, but now you're not sure. And today you say, Todd, would you just pray a prayer for me? Because I want to make sure when I leave here today that I'm in the family of God. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Just lift your hand. And I want to pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I see your hand. I see one hand right here. Just raise it high so I can see it right back here. Thank you, sir, for being so bold. Right here, ma'am. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand anywhere else. Come on, those of you. Right back here. Come on, there you go. Right back here. Listen, those of you that raise your hand, do me a favor and raise both of your hands and say, that's me. That's me. I'm coming in today. Now, do me a favor. Those that have your hands raised, do me a favor. And I want you to just do something maybe bolder than you ever did for Jesus before, just step right out of the pew and come right here at the altar. Come meet me right here. Come on. Come on right now. Come on down. There you go. There you go. There you go. Come on down in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for being so confident. Come on, I want you to just bow your heart with me now. Thank you, sir. Come on down here. Won't you just bow your heart with me? See, saints, you've been fasting and praying. This is fruit of your labor. The enemy's power has been broken off of these souls today. Come on, if you have the liberty, just just open your hands like this and say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my rebellion. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Lord Jesus, I want to serve you. I want to follow you. But I need your help. I need your strength. Lord, would you come into my heart? I surrender to you. I yield to you. Lord, would you give me a new life? Lord, I want to be a Christian and I want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be a part of your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, yes, heaven is partying today. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have a couple more ladies and guys up here? I'd like each one of these to be greeted by somebody. Somebody just, come on, some of our altar workers, would you just just step out and just come greet these new saints of God in the family of God? Amen. Come on, let me pray a blessing over you as I release you. Father, I pray the favor of God, the blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Father God, that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, Lord, that goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our life. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you touch every person in here with your goodness and your grace. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. Have a great day.